Hello, and welcome back to Not a Serious Sports Show, Sports News, but Make It Gossip. Yes, I'm girl. Zuzu. <laughs> and I'm Joni. And welcome back. Uh, happy belated Thanksgiving to those who partake. Um, I managed to get very ill over the break. So if I sound like Countess Luann, I indeed apologize. You are definitely sounding extra sultry and sexy oh. this week. So I like it. I'm in my phlegm era. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we did not record last week. So we have a lot to catch up on. We will just jump right in. I wanted to take a moment to talk about, well, we always do this, but this week I'm particularly excited to talk about my favorite fit. Um, Titans running back, Derrick Henry, who I just adore in general, this week wore a denim jacket that had these embroidered panels that look like stained glass. Oh my God, so good. With black icons, um, Frederick Douglass, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. And it's just so immaculately made. The design work is fantastic. The craftsmanship is so cool. And it's just a great message, right, of strong black male icons on a fellow strong black male icon. I love it. It's uh, so, good. so good. I mean, like you said, the craftsmanship <clears throat> is really good. Like it is, it is. unreal. It's gorgeous. The fact that it's I mean, I'm sure you're probably looking this up, but like it literally looks like stained glass panels and it's just, it looks so beautiful. It like, really does. And I love, so Derek Henry, King Henry, as he is known to some, he definitely understands that fashion is at its best when it has a message or even gets a little bit political. He's previously worn a black, all black tailored suit with um, in white print, the name of victims of racial injustice. And I think that that's, you know, that's what fashion can be for, to make bold statements. And he wore the denim jacket this week. He wore it not only for the pregame, but he wore it for the postgame um, uh, interview. So we got to see it twice. And it's just, I hats off. I think it's so cool. Yeah, I mean, that is an outfit that deserves to be worn multiple times. Like, that is so cool. And, like, it really is. I, like, can't – I don't know who the designer is, but, like, truly hats off. Um, and, like you said, it's just so beautiful. And just – it's just something that, like, is so different but so meaningful still. Like, it's it's kind of giving me, like, an elevated version of, like – who was it Natalie Portman that wore that dress that had like the female directors? Oh yes. Names. Yeah. It's like a yes. better, a, better, a, better ex a much better version of that. Better execution. Yeah. Also, I'm just a slut for stained glass. Oh, like, me I too. Love it's stained like a like, glass. I same. I love pageantry. I love same. stained glass. Love a Catholic-esque theme. I was gonna say, as recovering Catholic kids, like we we love stained glass. It, it is there is something that's so like it is like the ultimate like I guess imagery right like to elevate someone is like stained glass it gives it that like saintly like cathedral look and I don't know I'm it just does. like the art history kid and the ex-Catholic school kid in me is like fuck <laughs> this is Very taken. yes I agree so well done King Henry and yours is also your is also a titan so the titans really brought their fashion game this week yeah truly um my pick is 
DeAndre Hopkins, or as I found out by reading his Wikipedia today, he is affectionately known as D-Hop. D-Hop, yeah. Which I'm obsessed with. Um, that is the cutest thing I've ever heard. But he <laughs> wore, like, only open this up and look at it again, because it is, okay, so it was for the after Thanksgiving game. And the reason that I am so taken by this is because it's like the definition of like, okay, like we've just eaten and we want to take a walk throughout the neighborhood, but like we want to show walk. off to everyone how hot we look, but like also still be comfortable. And it's like, this is what I think I look like. And in reality, I look like a fucking mess, <laughs> but it's just like so beautiful. Like he's wearing sweatpants, which like, obviously it's post Thanksgiving, Yes, but he's paired it with these like stunning white pointy shoe, uh, pointy toed boots, like an almond Yes. Um, and then like, like booties, like short ankle boots. And he has what I assume is like some kind of like sweater or something. But on top of that, he's put a blazer, blazer. which like, it looks so fucking chic. And then like, I don't know, like this little beanie, like kind of makes the blazer seem more casual. Like it, like the boots yep. and the blazer elevate the sweatpant look and the beanie also keeps it like relaxing. Cool. And I just feel like if I could try for 10,000 years and I could never pull something like this off, but like, this is truly like, I fucking take my hat off to this man. Like to D hop, to D hop, D hop. I love you. <laughs> I love a mixture of streetwear and business cash. I actually, I personally love to wear like, I've never done sweatpants before. I cannot pull that off, I don't think, with a blazer. But I like to wear, like, jeans and then put, a, if it's cold enough, put a sweatshirt and then a blazer on top of that. I think that's cool. a good, it's a good look. Yeah, I might have to try that. I just got um, a new sweatshirt that says straight out of Costco. So I might have to tear that with a blazer <laughs> a on, my next, blazer. Uh, on my next neighborhood stroll. <laughs> I love that. Does Kirkland make blazers? You could get a Kirkland blazer oh, to, sure. I to probably, go with. Probably by the Gloria Vanderbilt collection. Fuck yeah. Uh, so speaking about the power of fashion, we're going to move on to our stats-free sports news. But on a fashion note still, I want to talk about Joe Burrow being out for the season. Uh, he had He sustained a wrist injury on Thursday Night Football. This was now two weeks ago or week and a half ago um, when they played the Baltimore Ravens. But I think that this might be attached to that cursed, cursed diamond snowflake pendant. He wore it again because once wasn't enough. He wore it that night. And I think this eyesore, in addition to being just in bad taste, might have like bad hope diamond juju. I think he might have cursed. Yeah. He, he might be cursed. Elsa said, that's mine. You can't have it. <laughs> no. She said, you're not doing that to me. That's my signature look. Honestly, Shh. that necklace, like, I feel like that is, like, Hallmark store. Yes. But, like, and it's so ugly. And I think you're right. <laughs> it is. This is on him. And he he knows what he did to anger the gods. And, the like, fashion gods are rebelling. Um, I mean... It's just, it's so not cute. Like, I'm so sorry to say that. And he deserves everything that he is coming towards him. I'm also kind of stoked because the Chiefs are playing the Bengals the last, like, in-season game in Kansas City. And because Joe Burrow is not playing, the tickets have gone way down. So Scott and I <laughs> might go. So Amazing. And you don't have to see this man. No, exactly. We don't he have will to be see safe. 
fucking burrow field. No, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not sad about it, but I do think we should all be very aware about the power of jewelry and the clothing that we wear to dictate our futures. So honestly, yes. Like this is, you're right, Jenny. Like this is the NFL's version of the hope diamond. This is their curse of King Tut. Like we are seeing dark forces at work. So it's a PSA. Just be mindful. Be mindful. They're fugly ass snowflake jewelry. No. Uh, Speaking of bad energy, Draymond Green is an NFL. He's an NBA player. He's a power forward for the Golden State Warriors, if you're not a basketball person. And he has always had a reputation of being violent. He's been in some on-court scuffles. But this past week, he uh, got suspended for chokeholding Rudy Gobert on the uh on Minnesota while they were playing and it is insane like the footage of him choking the this opposing player basically there was a fight and he in this scuffle he gets um Rudy Gobert and he puts him in a headlock and he starts choking him out and Rudy Gobert said I couldn't breathe this is not the NHL (laughs) please please behave yourself (laughs) It's crazy. So he was suspended for five games. Yeah, that's that seems like light. I agree. I think it was kind of a light sentence. And again, this is not the first time that he's had these really like violent altercations. He uh, kicked LeBron James in the groin. Excuse me. He kicked him in the dick uh, during the 2016 NBA final. If you remember that, not okay. He stepped on a dude's chest. I don't remember who it was. And he also punched one of his own players in the face one time. That may have been in practice, but it's very violent. I'm sorry. This is like a real pattern of like a violent behavior where, why is this man, like, why is this man still playing sports? So there was actually, there was like a lot of think pieces or and commentary about that afterward that, saying exactly that essentially like why is this man who is clearly so violent allowed to to continue to play uh and like like i don't know rudy gobert again he said like i couldn't breathe like i was passing out like this is a real this was not this was not wwe for show like he was choking this man (laughs) that is so insane i mean especially because like do you remember when Izzy Dunn like headbutted a man and like the world has not forgotten about it like 25 years later? So like, didn't he like did he headbutt him or did he ram into the guy's stomach with his head? I mean, was, I don't remember. He headbutted his stomach. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what it was. Yes. <laughs> so like, but it's not great. But like, this is like this this guy is like out here doing this regularly, and I don't know. Like, I kind of thought LeBron like could have blacklisted him or something like you would think of influence but yeah this is this is a huge problem and honestly like what's one of those game suspension is not going to teach this man anything it doesn't seem like it and it's one of those things it's similar to what we've talked about um I guess it's actually the opposite because this is an instance of like, would someone be allowed to stay in any other workplace if they were going around stomping on people's chests? I mean, I'm kicking people in the dick and choking people out. I've worked in museums and I have taken my share of abuse, but even then, no one has stomped on my chest yet. (laughs) 
SNL did a parody of it. They like had someone on Weekend Update pretending to be green, and it was it was pretty funny. But again, it's just like, God damn, man, sir, chill pill, take a chill pill. I love this quote that you put in here from oh, yes. the San Francisco Gate columnist Alex Sequig. Sequig, yeah. He goes, my man, with love, is it possible to perhaps do less? <laughs> Which is so correct. He also says, at this point in your career, for just a few months of this year, let's just say, hopefully, June, would it be such a Sisyphean ordeal (laughs) to pull your head out of your ass? Like, I'm sorry, this is the most incredible quote I think I've read this year, in this calendar year, and hats off to Mr. Sequig, because... Sequig. Absolutely whatever (laughs) um because absolutely that is the correct take like what the fuck are you doing and do less and to work the word sisyphean into that is is beautiful Mm. i feel like it's a testament to the fact this guy is a san francisco gate columnist like he's presumably a warriors fan and he's like dude too much this is not again like you said this is not the nhl not that that would fly even there but it's just not the energy you expect to see on a basketball court it's it's yeah (laughs) you should not and then he like refused to apologize which they that was they brought that up in the uh in the snl skit yeah unhinged too much testosterone Moving on to our weekly staple, it's time for a Travis and Taylor update. So I have to, first of all, begin by apologizing uh, for making fun of my mom, (laughs) because now everybody is talking about how engagement rumors are flying and how they want to get married so they can start making babies. And I made fun of my mom in a previous episode for having that same very boomer take, but apparently- turns out she's an oracle, so- Perhaps. And Travis's mom, so Donna, in the past, she was on Good Morning America and talked about Taylor, and it kind of came off as, like, she wasn't that hip on her and just seemed like she didn't want to talk about it. And it's like, well, girl, you're on GMA to talk. They invited you on here to talk about it. This is what you're going to be doing. Yeah. Absolutely. But in a more recent interview, she was quoted to say that she hasn't seen Travis this happy in a long time. And she's really, it is. And that she's proud of him that he shot for the stars and that she loves Taylor and thinks that she is incredible and just a much different energy in this particular interview. And I think she probably, Travis is probably like, what the fuck, mom? Can you be a little (laughs) bit more enthusiastic? I mean, but this, like, honestly, this sounds like, like, first of all, she could never go on a talk show and just say this without Taylor's no. team approving this. So this is, like, this definitely lends some real, like, you know, guts to the theory that they are going to get engaged because this is, like, a pre-engagement rollout. It's what everybody's talking about. Yeah. I saw there's a, an interview with Caitlin Clark, who plays for Iowa. She's an incredible women's basketball player, and they she's a Chiefs fan. And so they asked her, like, what's your, what's your take on this? And she was like, they're getting married. They're getting married. That's just – that is popular opinion. I just don't know what how everyone will cope if they don't. I, do, I, I don't know how I will cope. I don't know how poor Donna's going to cope, like – if they break Kayla up, have been yucking it up, and like, I'm, I'm what will Brittany Mahomes do? 
you know, I'm so worried for her. <laughs> Me <laughs> too. She's other than her husband who makes a bazillion dollars and is the best quarterback in the NFL. This is the only thing she has going for her. I'm so I'm just so concerned for her. Like I don't want her to be, you know, ostracized. Like, ostracized by the pop girlies. Like I want her I want more for her. So anyway, I do think that this does sound very official and like um, it does. And especially like the fact that Travis was on first of all, I don't know what Travis was doing for the Wall Street Journal. That just I, I do not understand. Okay, but his fashion but this interview was great, but the Wall Street Journal is not a Oh what he was doing in the Wall Street. Yes, yeah. a weird, weird choice, but he looked great. He, he looked phenomenal. Sounded great. Yeah, whoever we I we shared a video amongst each other of somebody saying whoever did style that shoot should be hired for him because it's such an elevated like look lots of elevated looks for Travis yeah. and he looks hot I forget what the um the guy said but it was like he went from like lids to the it or something and I was like <laughs> yes. I yes. could die with that sound bite that was incredible but no he looked so good and I think the highlight of this was we got a lot of quotes about Taylor and yes. their relationship, which is Yeah, we new. got to know a little bit more about how they met. They were set up by a mutual friend. They had their first date at East Coast in New York City. Apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently her cousins are Chiefs fans. And when they were on the Eras tour, uh, they were Taylor was like getting ready in the Chiefs locker room and her cousins were like taking pictures of Travis Kelsey's locker and stuff. So <laughs> even before the world was rooting for them, Taylor's cousins were rooting for them, which I like. But like you said about the quotes, he's the one that I really thought was that stood out to me was he said, I've never been a man of words. We know we've seen your tweets. <laughs> I've seen your commercials. <laughs> Being around her, seeing how smart Taylor is has been fucking mind blowing. I'm learning every day. It's just Great golden retriever energy. It really is. It's giving like adoring himbo. Like in the not in a bad way. Like it's giving like like she's Barbie and he's Ken and he like is so delighted by He her really presence. is. And also I kind of love the fact that like I love the energy of like the fact that they're in two such separate worlds. Yes. And the fact that he's like, wow, like obviously like he knows he's a very good player and he's at the top of his game, but like, this is a whole different world. And like, Absolutely. He's, I would say he's like an expert in his field. And the fact that he's like learning all this new stuff, like that's so cute. And like, he's open to learning, he's open to learning new things and like going outside of his comfort zone. And I, I think that's like a really good quality and I agree. I'm very pleased for him. That's all. He also revealed that he's his learning. favorite. <laughs> Exactly. That's all we, that's all any of us can do. Uh, I like that he revealed that his favorite Taylor era and album is um, 1989 because that is also a favorite of mine. So now we know we got some, we didn't specifically, actually he did talk about songs, um, but he, he as long as it's not reputation because yeah. that is the worst. No, <laughs> he was talking about uh, blank space specifically. And I just, I, yeah, I can't get enough. You know, I can't get enough of this just it just resonates with me yeah it is it's like it gives me good vibes like I will say that and yeah um I think that they would be a good match I don't know if that's forever but like I don't know it better be <laughs> Tony's like it will be <laughs> I 
I, I, I will it to be so. So uh, apart from Taylor, Travis also was in media spotlight because this, again, was a week and a half ago. The Eagles and the Chiefs had a rematch of the Kelsey Bowl. It did not go our way, my way, <laughs> but that's it okay. It went Bradley Cooper's way. Fucking Bradley Cooper. Yes, He's it did. He's an Eagles fan. Um, so, yeah, the only other uh, person who I think can relate um, to what Donna experienced, Donna Kelsey experienced that night would be the mother of Sandor and Gregor Clegane. <laughs> that must be so insane seeing your two sons like playing against each other. Like I, that that's so interesting. To it's me. her burden to bear for having two incredibly talented sons. And I love, she always wears like the half Eagles, oh, yeah, half that is so jersey. cute mother. But apparently everyone beyond Donna Kelsey was interested in this game. It was the most watched Monday night football game since 1993. And it's the what? most, yeah, the most oh. watched Monday night football game ever in this new era um, of Monday night football where since Sunday night football has been a thing. It's the okay. most Monday night. I was trying to figure out what you Monday were saying. Oh, <laughs> I was trying to figure out what you were saying by new era. And I was like, it's a you... Taylor reference. Well, I was like, is it a Taylor reference? And then I was no. like, is it a reference to the Carrie Underwood song? No. And then I was like, I feel like that hasn't been around that long. <laughs> I also am trying to figure out what I'm saying. But yeah, so since they started having Sunday night football as well as Monday night football. Okay. Like having this... both. This game was the most watched. Yes. So I, I've been pitching to um, anyone who will listen, frankly, um, that there should be a Tuesday night um, football. And yes. I think that they should have Fergie sing the Tuesday night football song. And it can be an homage to the time that she sang um, at Good Morning America and did the, the flips on stage at like six yes. in the morning and then she can like pee her pants at the end and I would tune in. I absolutely would. I absolutely would. Fergie, that that energy is kind of actually kind of like the energy that Travis Kelsey brought to the <laughs> pregame show on that Monday night football where he like crashed the set and he just like cannot and will not be kept away from a microphone. He loves to entertain. And he, again, it kind of like, it reminds me of Golden Retriever energy. He's like, hi, what are we doing? What are we talking about? He's like, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> he is just happy to be here. I guess it was nice that the Eagles won and Jason, older brother, finally got to defeat his younger brother. Uh, the coach, Nick Sirianni, he's, he's, I'll say this. The nice way to put it is he's well-suited to be the coach of Philadelphia. He has big Philadelphia energy. Whoa. At the end of the game, after they won and he was walking through the tunnel, he shouted, I don't hear shit anymore, Chiefs fans. See ya. And I'm like, it's not giving professional Nick. It's giving Danny DeVito in It's Always Sunny. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not giving. That's time. what I'm saying. Like he is, he is suited for Philly. It works. I think they will tolerate it. Is it the classiest? No, is it not embarrassing? No, but you know, he's I mean, like, it's a little embarrassing. It's a little embarrassing. And I would like Bradley Cooper to to be address. the coach of the Eagles. <laughs> no, I would like for him to address all of that. Like I, Bradley is always trying to portray himself as a classy, Class. classy gentleman, and 
I need he to know why to, he's an Eagles fan. He needs to sit Nick Sirianni down and ask him why he behaves like that and why he has an Italian flag on his Eagles coaching staff jersey, like or like polo. I mean, it's because he's Italian, but I'm like, is that necessary, Nick? I I think you will find that he does think it is in fact necessary. <laughs> um, I think you're right. But like, th- so Joni and I were talking about this before Clegane Bowl, but the Kelsey brothers will also be reunited <laughs> in song. Yes. Because they are singing um, a fairy tale of Philadelphia. Yeah, it's a cover or what do you call it when it's... It's like a spoof, a parody, yeah, a parody of, of Fairy, Fairy Tale, Tale of New, New York. York by the Pogues, which is one of my favorite Christmas songs. Not a happy Christmas song, but it's great. Uh, this is has reached number Unhinged. one. Number one on Unhinged. iTunes. <laughs> this is absolutely like the mind child of some coked up executive. <laughs> somewhere and i i mean i don't hate it i just think it's it's not a normal thing well it does show you like there is nothing that they can't do without the support of the swifties apart from spell squirrel as we learned in uh travis's (laughs) tweets but that's a hard one they also they totally realized that it is because of the swifties on their podcast new heights they were like oh yeah like that credit goes to to taylor's little swifties like they bump this thing up they literally are working like no one works harder than those maniacs like the barbs have no clue how to do what they are doing and i will say i did hear on that album the chris the chiefs christmas album which i can't believe i'm even saying these fucking no no eagles eagles the eagles oh god eagles Eagles. christmas album i could actually (laughs) understand yeah no this is the eagles i did listen to the cover uh or like yeah they did a cover of all i want for christmas is you um and it was the the lead singer on it jordan jordan malata malata and he's so good jason kelsey and then some other dude did like back up vocals but this man like jordan malata like fucking killed it and i listened to the whole thing because like i was like is he gonna do the high note at the end and guess what he fucking did (laughs) and he did it well like he is so talented we've talked about this before but imagine being so good at football being a professional athlete and then having any other talent it's not fucking fair like it's really not the same guy who was the the guy the the pastor not Yes, ja- Doms, Jason yeah, Doms. Doms. Like, it's the same thing. Like, you're not allowed to be this good in two things. You shouldn't have it all. No. Oh, well. Um. So the Thanksgiving games were, they're kind of shitty, but the halftime shows, we have to discuss. Dolly, <laughs> Dolly Parton at the Cowboys as dressed at, she's 77 years old. She was dressed in a... Dallas Cowboys cheerleader uniform, yeah. like full midriff. I loved it. I was here for it. People were being kind of shady about it, but I'm like, she looks phenomenal. And also, you know, there is no such thing as age appropriate. Wear whatever you want that you feel confident in. And she's an icon and she went out there and killed it. She Jack- looked amazing. She looked better than like, I would say like. Than I would age, up there. Right. Like, of course, it's like that, but it's like age does not matter. It is the confidence and the showmanship that make what Dolly is and like a, a queen. 
Absolutely. And she sounded and looked amazing. The same cannot be said (laughs) for poor Jack Harlow at the Lions game in Detroit. This was so strange. The set looked like they got it at Walmart. Like they got like a winter or like a winter prom theme that like the senior class put together. They had like an igloo and a white tarp that was not properly secured. I was afraid the cheerleaders were going to trip. But the best part of the entire thing was there was this random man behind him in a lion's (laughs) jersey who was sort of like mouthing along and doing some hand stuff. So at first I thought he was the sign language interpreter. Was he not? Nope. Nope. Just there. Wait, who is he then? He's just some dude. I assume a friend of Jack Harlow's. It was so bizarre. I thought that he was like a part of, yeah, like either an ASL interpreter or like I thought that maybe he was going to do something, but nope, no, no. He was just very awkwardly lurking in the background. It had like Trump behind Hillary in the yeah. debate <laughs> energy. It was so strange. Okay, that is really weird. Also, I like low key always forget about Jack Harlow and I was like, Post Malone? Like, <laughs> I, like, did not know him at first. And then I was like, oh, yes, I do know this name. It's just, like, it's so weird because, like, it's not someone I would, like, you have, on one hand, Dolly, an icon that everyone knows. Then you have Jack Harlow, who I can guarantee you is a who, not a them. Shout out to Who Weekly. Like, I think Post Malone is a them. Jack Harlow is like the who version of Post Malone. Well, he's a big who, and it had big who energy in terms of well, performance. <laughs> it was not good at all. Uh, also, some NFL, more NFL Thanksgiving news. I was very surprised to see that the Steelers coach, Mike Tomlin, hosted George Pickens, who we've talked about before, the uh, receiver who like cleared his social media of all Steelers yeah. content. He hosted him for Thanksgiving, which is wow. so generous, especially is... because he's previously referred to him as a rock in his shoe. <laughs> I mean, I guess keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Like, yeah. or maybe he's like, this is how I control this man. I don't know. Through do Turkey. I mean... He posted a picture of his daughter who goes to University of Georgia. She's a gymnast and, um, and Pickens who also went to UGA and like had a caption about that. And I was like, this is, that is really just very fatherly of him that he was willing to take him in on Thanksgiving, despite his previous transgressions. Yeah, that is is definitely (laughs) an interesting, um, move and i would love to have been a fly at that table absolutely but in the i think it's very in the spirit of the holiday so good on you mike tomlin much classier they're much classier in um in pittsburgh than in philadelphia apparently one coach is is bringing true fatherly um class and the other is giving screaming guido in tunnel but you know (laughs) to each their own it takes all kinds you know every pot has a lid Absolutely. So true. Uh, So one last piece of information that we have to talk about, uh, it's like a little bit of an old story now about a week old, but Carissa Thompson, who is the um, co-host for Erin Andrews podcast, she's a longtime uh, female sports reporter. She was on Barstool Sports 
which nothing good ever comes from Barstool Sports. I mean, love Barstool, but it's a mess. Uh, so she was on Pardon My Take podcast, and she said that sometimes during games, when coaches won't talk to her, she just makes stuff up. And people got very upset about that. What do you mean by that? So she said that, yeah, if they don't want to, if like coaches don't want to talk to her and like give her information before they go into the locker room at halftime, that she makes up the reports sometimes. And people, no. said, yeah, and it doesn't sound good. Um, I think what she meant and what she later said that she meant is if they won't give her like a quote, if they won't talk to her, she will rehash things that she already knows, like things from previous conversations or interviews, whatever. But it didn't come out well. And female sports reporters in particular were really pissed off that she said this because she's obviously already paved her way. She is very famous. She has her own podcast. But to say this about a profession, specifically sideline reporting, that is already under fire as being just a way to place pretty faces on television versus serious sports journalism. Yeah, it's not. It's damaging. That is extremely <laughs> fucked up. I'm sorry. Like, this is like, like, okay, Brian Williams, like, out yeah. here faking quotes. <laughs> like, that is, okay, like, also, if you do that, maybe don't fucking admit it. See, that's what, that's why I think it truly was a miss, an instance of misspeaking versus like, I don't think she was on there like trying to be like, yeah, I just like casually lie. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was meant to be that, but it is unfortunate. And it is, again, it's like, it's an unfortunate reality that women in sports reporting have to be that much more careful in the way that they speak and they have to be that much better at their job and yeah. on their shit. And this was, again, like most of the people who were speaking out about it were like veteran female reporters like um, Laura Oakman and uh, people of that sort of status, Leslie Visor, who were saying this is this is bad. This is damaging to um, to a profession that already has to like justify so itself, hard. fight for its value. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing, uh, Oakman and her... Um, statement that she made she said something that i thought was interesting was that um sideline reporting used to be like considered pretty valuable and it was only when women started getting into it that it started to become like you'd have to justify the need for it typical of course absolutely is typical so fucking typical but you know what i think you're right in the sense that she must have misspoken it's just it does not sound good and she could have definitely i mean okay listen i'm sure i say stupid shit all the time but again i'm not a journalist no, I do. so yeah. i like i don't work are we not, not, are we not journalists is that not okay, what we're doing I think here we are journalists <laughs> now so i should really make sure i'm like don't fuck up but the point like is the like the time i accused um <laughs> jackson mahomes of being a convicted uh criminal even though you he's are just not yet. reading into what the vibes of the future <laughs> <laughs> you were following in your oracle mother's footsteps yes exactly oh gosh 
so I do, I'm, I'm torn between like feeling bad for her because she just got absolutely dumped on, but then also being like, you have a platform, you are one of the most famous female sports reporters. And unfortunately, for better or for worse, you are representative of that profession and you have to take that seriously. Yeah. Ugh, that's, that's an ick. Whoops. Me. Yeah, I'm sure she's just absolutely mortified, but... Maybe it'll, you know, lessen for the future. Hey, listen, also, it's still better than wearing a snowflake necklace. So true. No. so true. So Things true. Things could always be worse. So true. Oh, there is actually, there's one last thing I want to talk about in terms of sports news before we move on to our wag of the week. And that is just on a nice positive note, uh, the Chiefs defense has been fantastic this year. We're generally an offensive we, like I have something to do with it. They, (laughs) I personally, (laughs) I personally, uh, they are generally like known obviously for their offense, for Mahomes, for uh, Kelsey, when Tyreek used to play for them, Tyreek, but their defense has traditionally not been as good this year. Fantastic. Um, Chris Jones, who is arguably the rock of that defense, he was asked like, what do you think the difference is this year? And I forget what media outlet this was for, but he said that he thinks that the difference is that. No, he, he, it was an exclusive interview that he gave to our podcast. Yes. Yeah. He was, he, you're hearing it here first. Uh, (laughs) but so he said that he thinks that Steve Spagnola, the defensive coordinator, having his wife in Kansas City this year for the first time has made all the difference and gave credit to her. And that is why the Chiefs defense is better. And I was like, that is so nice. And he had this really great quote about how, you know, having a supportive partner near you makes all the difference. And I just thought that was very um, admirable of him to like recognize the wife of his boss. Right. But also just the idea of like work-life balance, right? Like, Yes, you can have an incredible job and an incredible career, which I'm sure this is a dream job for a lot of people. But, you know, if you don't have a good, like, balance outside of your work and a good support system, you're going to suffer and it's going to show in your performance. So, again, work-life balance, a supportive partner, and just also, like, having a good fucking woman at your side is always... Fuck yeah. You can't think. Thank you, Mrs. Spagnola, for moving to Kansas City. I appreciate it. So we will end with our wag of the week. Speaking of the importance of women and girlfriends in sports, I fucking love Kylie Kelsey so much. She is Jason Kelsey's wife, if you somehow don't know. She is great because she's a fan first. She's a diehard Eagles fan and has been since she was a kid and, you know, only recently became a wag. But she just has the best energy about her. She won't sit in the stand or won't sit in the box. She likes to sit in the stands exclusively. I think that's A woman of the people, truly. A woman of the people, exactly. Uh, she and Jason met on Tinder and in their documentary, she's like, he won't let me lie about this. And it's so embarrassing. (laughs) I mean, imagine being on Tinder and being like, 
this is a person who is famous. Yes. So her, her and her friends recognized him and they're like, well, it's either going to be him or it's a catfish. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would say catfish. If I was her friend, I'd be like, girl, you're talking to a catfish. <laughs> but I'm glad that, you know, that they managed to, uh, her friends were not shitty like me and they made her <laughs> keep dating him. I think that she is so good for him, so good for the Eagles community. Uh, we're, you know, being a little shady about Philadelphia, but they to, collectively, she and Jason have done so much for the community. They're sort of the driving force behind the Eagles Autism Foundation, which was founded in 2018 and has since then raised over $20 million for autism research. And Kylie, I guess, is it's like particularly close to her heart because they have a dear family friend who has autism, Tim Quinn, and he's like a brother to her. He's an art autistic artist. Um, and apparently when he met Jason, he didn't know who he was, but they like, they bonded. And she said that was very important to her that he, if, if um, Tim didn't like Jason, it wouldn't have worked out, but luckily he did. That's really sweet. It I is. It is. And she also visited um, a new autism sensory room in Kansas city when she was there. She's just, she does a lot of charity stuff. She, she walks the walk. Yeah. She does. She put on like a free clinic in Kansas City when she was there for field hockey for girls. I just, yeah, she is someone who, like you said, walks the walk. Uh, also, did you see the Princess Diana replica jersey? Yes. Oh, my God. Obviously, um, as a Princess Diana stan, Sam. I was delighted to see that. Um, and this tidbit is so fascinating about how this how yes. Diana got the jacket. Can you, like share yeah. this because I was blown away. Yeah. So the jacket that we're talking about is a like old school letterman style Eagles jacket that this is a replica, but it was made famous and Kylie wore it and it auctioned off for a um, hundred thousand dollars for the Eagles autism foundation. But it is a replica of a very famous jacket that princess Diana wore and the jacket apparently the way that she got Eagles merch since right like, like how, why would she have that why would she have that it's not like she could have like popped into H&M and gotten like a NASA sweatshirt <laughs> like the kids do these days you know exactly exactly so she was at she was representing the royal family at Princess Grace's funeral and Princess Grace was from Philadelphia so there was a contingent yes there was a contingent of people from Philly, one of them being this Eagles statistician, um, Jack Edelstein. And they were talking about the Eagles, and she said, oh, those are my favorite colors, green and silver. And it's a Slytherin at heart, yes, I guess. I was going to say, Princess Di, the people's princess, one of my own <laughs> Slytherins. Who knew? So he sent her a bunch of Eagles gear, and she I'm wore it around London. I kind of love that. That is I so do too. that is so fucking cool. It's so like iconic too, the photo of her in it. And I think it was a cool idea of um the Eagles organization to to choose the beautiful and wonderful Kylie and to to auction off this replica. Nice and nod. Good timing with the crown uh last season coming out. Yes. Um, oh my gosh, Elizabeth. Debecky, is that her name? She is unreal as Diana in that. 
I like say this all the time, and this is a quick sidebar that we can get back to Kylie. <laughs> to Kylie. But like, if I was William or Harry, I would pay so much money to have Elizabeth <laughs> Debitsky like hold me. I'm not kidding. Like, <laughs> Tell her that she's proud of you. Yeah, that I've, she's enjoyed watching you grow yes. up. I I could yeah I, I would I, do that and I if you're out, if you're listening right now <laughs> I suggest that you guys do that it might help you heal I I think there's something to that speaking of mothers Kylie <laughs> a mother that's that's part of the reason I love her so much like her children are so cute if you've oh seen my God, they Kelsey are so freaking cute Wyatt Elliot and Bennett and you get the impression that. She is a very down-to-earth mom. They have, like, a nice house, but it's not ostentatious. It's a little cluttered. And just so – you sense so much love for those children. Um, so, I, yeah, I just – Kylie has my heart. But, of course, that being said, whether there's a good woman, there's uh, media trying to knock her down. <laughs> so the media is so fucking hateful. There's – Again, we talk about like all the stuff she does behind the scenes. And she had a quote where she said that that's her thing. She likes to be behind the scenes, likes to host charity events, doesn't like to be in the spotlight too much. And this got twisted by the New York Post, which, you know, not exactly the pinnacle of journalism. But they wrote an article headline that said, Jason Kelsey's wife, Kylie, is trying to avoid Taylor Swift's attention. She's not my cup of tea. Which is not at all what she said. She said that being in the center of the spotlight is not her cup of tea. Yeah, give me a fucking break with this. I'm sorry. This is like... It's boring. You can have two people existing in one space that are slightly different and enjoy each other's company without having like... Yeah, you can't have two semi-famous women existing together, right? Like they have... If they're married to brothers and they're going to hate each other. I mean, you saw with Kate and... Megan, which Megan. I guess sadly ended up being true. <laughs> but like, but it's think, typical. Like, yeah, the- it's very typical. You can't have that. You have to have this like narrative of like bickering sister in laws competing for attention, right? Yes. Which is like they are completely different, as they Joni just said. She is behind the scenes, but you know, I'm sure they have a lot in common, and it's not like Kylie's out here being like, "I'm going to have my own tour." <laughs> exactly they fill different spaces they're very different but i'm sure they would get along it's just so silly and manipulative and i appreciate what's that and if even if they don't get along guess what they're just like every other family in the world yeah no shit no shit but i do appreciate that kylie was you know she clapped back and was like this is bullshit that is not what i said Sad that she has to do that, but we love a wag. We see you, Kylie. We appreciate her. I love her energy. I love her charity work. I love how passionate she is about the Eagles, even if it's wrong. Um, (laughs) And I just like love her. Like she's like down to earth. Like I love that like real, genuine, like badass bitch energy. I support it so much. I absolutely do as well. And I hope that, I mean, I love Jason, but I hope that he retires so that they can just enjoy their life together. And, you know, she can, she's can stop doing the, the hard, the grind of the wag. Cause we've talked about it. It's hard. It's a difficult life to be the partner of a professional athlete. She actually on, um, 
on their New Heights podcast, she was Travis asked if she would let him if she would trust him to watch their kids alone, the girls alone, or how and he was she was like, maybe for an hour. <laughs> Which is fair. But then she brought up the point that she's like, actually, you you might be, it might be easier for you to watch Bennett, their youngest daughter, than it is for Jason. Because Jason, she's an infant and she likes to be held and walked around. And Jason can't fucking do that because his back is so fucked up that he can't oh. be on his feet for oh, so no, long. Papa needs to retire. <laughs> yes, it's time. Oh, she says that actually in Kelsey too. She's like, I want him to be able to retire while he can still like yeah. get down on the floor and play with his kids. So. I think that is extremely fair. <laughs> and she also, to her credit, she says, you know, where co- he is compensated extremely well. And yeah. I realized that. So she's not trying to like be, oh, poor me. Yes. Yeah. But at the same time, there is a significant price to pay for the kind of damage that that inflicts on your body. Yeah. No, that is very real. And I, I really do think that is an interesting take for a wag to have because I feel like a lot of the times they, I feel like a lot of wags would shy away from saying something like that lest again they be painted as ungrateful or whatever but yeah it's a very good point you need yeah. to be able to live your life at the end of the day like what's the point of making all that money if you are yeah exactly yeah you're completely fucked so yeah. anyway we love you kylie yeah <laughs> we all. love you we love you that is that is the takeaway here well thank you guys so much for joining us on that like rapid fire recap there was a lot to catch up on um but we you know that's what we're here for yeah it's been a busy two weeks but we will be back next week um, we will with more coverage so see you then bye bye bye